Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're going to start off with worship now. Oh. Welcome. If he goes to the right, then we're going to the right. 
Good morning, everybody. Um, so we're here to worship, and glad to help lead in that. So let's just continue in that. God says so.
Sovereign hand. 
Call upon your 
is above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. Lord, you are mine. I'm yours. I will be forever. Lift up a new song to him. Just sing whatever's on your heart. Oh, Father, you've called me out. Thanks for calling me out, Lord. You have a perfect plan for me. So you work everything for the good of those. Lord, I love you, Lord, I want to love you.
Jesus, sing this over you. Too late. It's not too late. 
the front and receive his plan for you. Spend some time at the front with him. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we open up our hearts today. Lord, we say, search me. Come in. Come in. Fill me with all that you have for me today, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you. We worship you. We glorify you. We call upon your name. For you're worthy to be praised and lifted up. We, your people, come today and we proclaim your greatness, your love, your heart, your kindness, and your patience. Thank you for your sovereignty, for you are a great God, and you are doing wonderful things. And who can stand before you, Lord? What a wonderful God you are. What a wonderful God we serve. What a wonderful God we proclaim. Be lifted up, be lifted up high, O oh Lord. 
Your people cry out to you and we glorify you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, as I was standing here singing and worshiping, the Lord was just speaking to my heart. And we came to church today, and some of us may have had or have needs, but primarily we came here to lift up the name of Jesus, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to assemble ourselves together as a body of Christ and say, Abba, Father, thank you for your hand upon our lives this last week since last Sunday. In all the things that we have done and been exposed to, your hand has been there, your heart has been there, your voice has been in our ear. You've drawn us close into your bosom. You've protected us. You've kept us. You've nurtured us and you've led us through this week. Even in the valleys, oh God, you were there. And in the high points, it was so easy to praise you and worship you. But Lord, we praise you in the low points too. But Lord, even as we came today to glorify you, we know that you are a good God and you are Lord of all, even as we sang. And Father, as those words came forth where it says keep your eyes above the waves it brought me back to that passage in scripture where the apostles were in in the boat and the storm raged around them and Christ was walking on the water he was in the world but not of this world and his servants were afraid but Christ says you have nothing to fear for I am with you always. God is with you always. The sea represents the world. The waves are the turmoil of the world. They would envelop you. They would devour you. They would blind you. They would get you to focus on the trouble instead of the glory and the salvation of your God. And so, Father, today... As the Lord spoke to my heart, he said, there are those uh, that have needs, whether they be physical, whether they be financial, whether they be emotional. And he also said, there are some here that desire my baptism, the infilling of my spirit, that I might strengthen them, that they might walk in a new light, in a new anointing, in a new power, in a new direction, in a new ability. And if that's you here today, in any of those areas, whether it's healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, or if you need the infilling of His Spirit, God is here today and He's saying, I have it for you. Freely I give. It's nothing you can do. Christ paid for it on the cross. Paid in full. It's a gift. It's for you today. And He wants you to receive that today. So if you have that need, you put your hand up right now, wherever you are, even if you're in music ministry. Actually, if a couple of music ministry want to come down and help pray, if you see a need. But if you have that need in your life today, I want you to put your hand up, and there will be those that will come and pray. Be bold in the Spirit. This is a time to be bold and to proclaim your God. Stand up, put your hands up, and receive. And those that are hands are up, look around the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ ministering to the body of Christ. Come and pray for these people. God wants to meet your need today. Why? Because He loves you. It's unconditional. There's nothing you can do. You can't be better. You can't be good. You're redeemed. You're not condemned. 
You are without sin. God has forgiven your sin on the cross, in the past, in the present, and in the future to be. Hallelujah. Put your hand up if somebody hasn't come to pray with you yet. Thank you, Lord. God's giftings are for you today. God's anointing is for you today. God's healing is for you today. God's prosperity is for you today. God's blessing is for you today. We declare blessing. We declare blessing in the name of our Father, in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we are in your kingdom. And we walk forward in strength and unity and the ability of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's in us and dwells within us. He is the one that has finished the work. Receive what God wants for you today. And what he wants to give is blessing. He wants to bring deliverance. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring the indwelling of his spirit. He wants to do you with power from on high. As God's servant said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed. Be delivered. Be transformed. Be lifted up. Be consoled. Be strengthened. Walk in a new boldness. Walk in a new boldness. Your destiny is to walk in boldness. Your destiny is to walk in all that God has purchased for you through His Son on the cross at Calvary. Finished work. Complete. There's nothing you can do. It's called grace. Unmerited favor. Unmerited blessing. Nothing you can do. It's not how you pray. It's not what you think. It's not what you do. It's free. It's from God. It's unconditional. Receive it from Him today. Father, we speak blessing. We proclaim blessing on this people. We proclaim healing on this people. We proclaim deliverance on this people. We proclaim the Spirit of the living God to flow and move inside of these people. We declare the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Open up your heart. He's the God of all. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Receive. 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 Freely. Freely given. It's a gift. It's for you today. Not tomorrow. Today. Right now. Hallelujah, Lord. You are the Lord of all. You are the God of healing. Oh, Lord. I just feel His... I feel His presence here. There's some of you here today. God's going to do such a deep work because He loves you. It's not by the songs we sing. It's not by anybody preaching on the mic. It's by the love of God. It's going to be well. It's going to be great. God's doing a new thing every day. And he loves you for who you are right now. Where you are. Who you are. How you are. He loves you. He loves you. Listen to the words. Come away with him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He's a good God. He created all of us. Earth. He created everything. It's not the walls of this building. You are the church. You are the building blocks. You are the living stones. You are the ecclesia. You are the called out one. Let the power of God, which has been freely given to you, flow through you and into you and out of you. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, do your work today, Lord. Bring the healing. Bring the deliverance. Bring the baptism of fire, Lord. We need that baptism of fire, Lord. We need it in our lives every day, every way. Hallelujah. Shakabala tetete. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your love. We as a people thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We recognize who you are. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive the kingdom of God in new and deeper ways into our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Can we sing that song one more time right now, right through, and we're just going to praise the people. Praise God. The people will praise God. Sweet. I just want to say as we were singing that song that I was thinking that's a prophecy over our church for this time. So as we sing that, let's believe it to be God prophesying over us and speaking that this year, this 2017, is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be wild. It's going to be great. It's going to be filled with God in His. And so we just pray that over as we sing. Amen. And all the people of God said, Amen. Let's stand up and sing that song one last time and just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord with your heart and your soul's your spirit. Come away. Allow it to come out of you. Release yourself. Me. Release yourself. It's never too late. It's not too late. It's not too late for you. I have a plan for you. I have a
Open up your heart and let me in. Let him in. Let him in. Open up your heart and let me in. He's calling out to you. He's calling out to you. Open up your heart and let me in. Open up your heart. Just before we sit down, I, I want to go into this, the next phase of our worship with the offering so we can get that. Um, what Carol spoke really witnessed with my spirit. God has some wonderful things planned for us in 2017. He's had wonderful things planned for us in 2016 and 15 and all of those things. And he's got more. The manna is fresh every day. What was that? 
Hallelujah. That's the spirit I like. He's got much more. You know why? Because his resources are unlimited. And they're satisfying. I want to pray something just before we do the... Uh, the Lord just put on my heart here to pray just before we take the offering. And I want you to pray with me. For those that were ministered today, whether you received healing, the baptism of His Spirit, whatever that ministry was, I want to seal that right now. And so, Father, we come together. We stand before You. We heard Your voice speak to us today. We heard your promises. We know that you love us. We know that you care about us. We know that you're the God of all in all. And Father, we declare that the works that you have done in these vessels, in all of us today, Lord, shall be sealed, that the enemy would not prevail and be able to rob or destroy anything that God has done today. And Father, I ask that you send forth warrior angels to smite the enemy and put him to flight. And the plan would be void and of none effect against God's people today in what the Lord has done and what God has put into each of us. And Father, I pray also that, Lord, as the days go by, that the seeds that were planted would take root and they would grow. And they would grow strong, O oh God. And they would overwhelm, they would overtake all of us, O oh God, those holy things that you have for us and are doing in us because it's your good pleasure and because you're a loving God. And the people of God said, that means you agree. Amen? So when the devil comes to rob you or try to rob you, you say, depart from me in the name of Jesus. Jesus is my Savior, my protector, and I declare his provision for me, and I declare his holiness it's called, I believe it's in James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. God wants you to resist. It's a good thing. Amen? Oh, you're standing. You can pray. Can we all stand up and glorify the Lord in this, please? As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. His full reward. <laughs> I always say this. You think God needs these pieces of paper and pieces of metal? really <laughs> but he wants to use them for his kingdom to see souls come in to have a harvest and that's what he's all about he's the God of harvest and my prayer is Lord help us to be co-laborers in the harvest for your kingdom 
that people come to know you, that they get what we have, that they can experience what we do. Not because we're special, because we came before God and we said, Lord, we bowed our knees and said, Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and Savior. Look upon me, a sinner, but you've forgiven me and you've provided a way through your redemptive blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want you to take a couple of minutes right now to meet each other in the Lord. You know, just before we do that, I've been away for three weeks, Sundays now. We were in Mexico on vacation, and it's really good to be back. Now, I was waited on hand and foot while I was on vacation, and it was a wonderful thing. But you know, with the I don't want to bore you with the palm trees and the sandy beaches and all that stuff. And, you know, the hotel, they just serve your food. It was all included. That was, that was wonderful stuff. And I was sharing a little bit in the prayer room that I found, kind of found a new love. And that was snorkeling. I didn't realize how wonderful that is. And actually, Mickey and Martha kind of helped introduce us to that. And, uh, and I really enjoyed it because it was so peaceful in the water. And, all you know, it's like swimming in a, a fish tank. And you're looking at the sun reflecting off the white sand off the bottom, and you're just hovering there, and all the fish come around you. Beautiful big fish. I was kind of a little bit apprehensive initially, because I didn't want to hear a boom, 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 you know, but it was wonderful, and it was so peaceful. And I was, I was just, just kind of laying there, and all this was happening. I mean, just flooding me and filling me. And, uh, and I thought, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And that's what he wants us to experience in him. But there was an emptiness in my heart, and that's for my family. You always like to come back to your family. You know, it's wonderful to experience those things, but you come back to your family. And what I got here today doesn't even compare into Mexico. I mean, it doesn't compare to what I got today. There's stuff in here that's been touched and filled in here today that no vacation can do for you. Amen? Hallelujah. It's good to be back in the house of God. And uh, we, d- we did have some opportunity to share with some people. Mickey is quite the evangelist, actually. He's, uh, he's, Mickey's pretty quiet in this church, you know. I tell little secrets here. But we're out there. He was engaging people in conversation, finding out uh, who's Christians and, and talking to them. And they were open. It was actually, it's okay to, it's okay to say that about you, Mickey. Are you hiding me? Oh, your face looks red, or is that the tan? Okay. Anyways, uh, it was a wonderful experience. So could you take a couple of minutes and please, please, please greet each other in the Lord. Give them a hug. Tell them you love them. You missed them. Amen? Amen.
there. She's over there. Standing over there in the purple top there. Go over there, Veronica. Sundays I invited her to come. Hallelujah. You guys are just taking longer to greet each other in the Lord, so my message will be shorter, eh? All right, I see how that works. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh. So, I got a couple of announcements, and uh, I want to start off the first announcement with the. Well, she'll explain it. Well, that last song is going to be wild. It's going to be great. I have seen some wild and great things in the last few months. And. Um, I just have really felt to do a follow-through from the Holta meetings that were at the Pomeroy. And um, there's been a lot of action, and people have seen healing and deliverance in their life, and also extending that out um, into our community, and some cool testimonies. Um, so anyhow, I just felt to um, meet bi-weekly in regards to that, just to continue to grow into in ministry. So if anyone is interested in that, please contact me. We're actually going to have our first meeting this week. And I'm just really excited about what God is doing and will continue to do and, and grow in us through that. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be um, at our house this week on Thursday evening, but it's probably going to move from house to house because we live in the country and that, and just, uh, just a place for other people to feel comfortable to come in. I know some, some in the, um, have expressed interest. They have friends that want to come and receive ministry, and sometimes it's just a little more inviting to come into a home rather than into a church setting. So, 7 o'clock. But please contact me and uh, let me know. And it's, I'll just mention that if you didn't have a chance to come to those trainings, it doesn't exclude you at all. If you just have a desire to grow in ministering and healing and deliverance and uh, just ministering into people's life, um, you're welcome. Amen. And just so you know, uh, this is not un this particular ministry is not under Maple Street Worship Center. It's under uh, Ryan and Carol's tutelage, along with Jim Holton. It's something they're doing on the side. 
But uh, we've seen the fruit of that ministry, and it's wonderful fruit. It's low-hanging fruit, I call it. It's easy to pick, it's ripe, it's delicious, and it's fulfilling, and it's transforming. So partake of that, if you would. And, uh, you know, if you need any information, we'll, we'll get a hold of uh, Carol. Uh, if, uh, if you're not sure, get a hold of myself or the office. We'll give you the information, directions, and all that stuff. And I think it's going to be a wonderful time. And, you know, I'm very encouraged. Uh, I get on the net there, and I, and I read the, all the different healings and the things that are happening. It's just, just the power of God moving, what God wants to do in lives through our, us. And he wants us to be the servant. So I just encourage you to partake of that and affirm that ministry. Amen? Before we go on anymore, uh, I just want to pray right now for, is Penny here? No. Well, I know she probably went with Lincoln. Oh, she's up there. Yeah. So uh, Lincoln was telling me that Katrina is broke down in town uh, with her car. So we're just going to pray right now. Because you know what? He's the Lord of all. Lord of all. He's the Lord of that as well. So, Father, we lift up Katrina and Lincoln to you right now. We lift up that situation, Lord, and we ask for blessing to come. Lord, that there wouldn't be a curse, but that there would be blessing out of this. And, Lord, I know in the natural it would look like, well, you know, the cars broke down. But, God, you have a way of taking those things that are bad and turning them around for good. And so, Father, we speak blessing. We ask that you send mechanical angels, that you give wisdom to Lincoln and discernment and how to uh, undertake this uh, situation. And, Father, that you would turn this around and that it would be a blessed time, that you would protect them, keep them safe and well, and uh, open the doors that need to be opened and close the doors, of course, that need to be closed. And uh, we thank you for them, and we ask your protection and your blessing to them right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Say what? Amen. See, there's always something to be thankful for. Thank God it's not minus 20. Hallelujah. Uh, Mission Fest is coming up uh, January 24th, 27th. It's in the bulletin, and there's more information on the, on the table there. We have uh, um, pamphlets and stuff. If you would like to engage in that, please. It's a wonderful time, and uh, I think you can go there and be blessed. And uh, I think the... Uh, uh, I had something here that said what the... Uh, the f- I meant, did I say January? Yes, I, I meant February. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's going to be, uh, hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I was just looking at this. I just picked this up from the office this morning. It's going to be f- uh, February 24th to 26th. It's going to be at the West Edmonton Christian Assembly in Edmonton. And this year's theme is for such a time as this. Theme is for such a time as this. Amen? Hallelujah. So I encourage you, if you can make it out to there, maybe get together with a few people. And uh, even if you go, go to part of it, that would be great. Uh, the Candagamas are coming back to Canada in April. You may have heard or not. But they're going to be here from April to August. And so we're going to uh, arrange a date for them to come in and, uh, on a Sunday service. Uh, I know that they're going to be really busy, and they've asked if you could do it during midweek, but my heart is I want to get them here on Sunday because that's when everybody's here. And uh, we do support that ministry, and it's a wonderful ministry over there in Sri Lanka, and God is doing wonderful things, and they would like to give a report. So we'll, when we get the date, we'll give that uh, to you. Uh, <coughs> Pastor Stephen update. I talked to Pastor Stephen this last week about a bunch of mundane things. 
And uh, the long and short of it is that they're still working through. They're getting rid of stuff. And uh, he said that um, um, they're unloading the, the things that they really don't need to bring. And they're still trying to uh, work out some of the details with the movers. Uh, and uh, also for accommodations here, they need to rent a place. And uh, there's things going on there. They've got some leads. And also, uh, I believe Lincoln has been looking into some places. And they're looking to... Uh, to rent for the interim right now. So could you hold them up in your prayers for favor, not only in the, in the moving part of it, but in the transition of their church as well. And uh, that's glad tidings in Nova Scotia. And I know we've been praying for them, that God will just put those things in place that have to happen. See, God has a plan. He has a plan for us. He has a plan for Pastor Stephen. And now I'm going to tell you about the plan he has for Pastor Dallas. Probably all of you... Uh, are aware by now. I knew this several weeks ago, but I couldn't say anything because they hadn't officially released it at the church in Nanaimo, but they have. So he's going to be taking up his position, and he told me he's hoping to go on February 20th, and he's going to be the new community pastor there. And uh, his brother Darcy is the head pastor at that church. And uh, I was talking to Leonard and Janet. They have about 450 people. That's a growing church. They had about 300 people just a little bit a while ago, and they prayed about it and asked God for blessing and harvest, and boom, they were hoping for 400, and it popped up to 450. They've gone to two services. God's moving. He's doing things, and uh, he's going to do that on uh, three-quarter time is what he told me. Like, he'll go there three weeks and come home for a week, and before they make the move, because uh, they want um, April to stay for, uh, what, June 4th is your graduation time, I think? Okay, so, so they'll be here for a little bit. Uh, Heather will be here until such time. I know that they'll uh, work all that stuff back and forth. So also, could you be praying for them? Because their house has to sell here. Because I don't know if you know, but homes on the West Coast are really expensive, and it's a really tight market. Like Dallas said, Ed, he said he wouldn't believe it. He says, I went to three places. One place, he said, it, the building with the house is only five years old. The other place, he said, the, the roof wasn't even on the house and he said, the other one was just a lot. <laughs> and he said, that's just the way it is. If somebody puts a place up for rent, there's 60 applicants. So he said, it's a booming market. And I know Leonard had told me that because his daughter is in real estate there. And so he needs to really sell his house. So we're asking for God's blessing that his house would uh, sell and that uh, God would be generous and that a blessing uh, in all of those respects and for their move and everything else. So keep that up in your prayers as well. Uh, next week... We're going to have testimonials, um, maybe how you came to know the Lord or what God's been doing for you initially in the last little while through healings or uh, blessings. Just pray about it this week. I, I want to try to have a service of testimonials and body sharing as opposed to a structured message next week. I'd like the body of Christ to minister to the body of Christ. So if you have wonderful things that God has been doing and you want to share that to encourage people, please do so. Amen? Uh, okay. So, any message without a joke for me just would not happen, right? So I only got one joke today, short joke. It's called Fire on the Farm. A fire started in the grasslands close to a farm. The county fire department rushed to the scene, but the fire was more than they could handle. Someone suggested calling the volunteer fire department. Despite some doubt that they would be of any assistance, they were called. The volunteers arrived in a dilapidated old fire truck, 
And they rumbled right straight towards the fire. They drove right into the middle of the flames and stopped. The firefighters jumped from the truck and frantically started spraying water in all directions. Soon they had snuffed out out the center of the fire, leaving two parts which were easily put out. As the farmer watched all of this, he was so impressed and grateful that his house and farm had been spared. He quickly got his checkbook and he donated $1,000 to the volunteer fire department. A local news reporter asked a volunteer fire captain how they planned to use the funds. And the captain replied, the first thing we're going to do is get the brakes on our fire truck fixed. (laughs) Is that okay? I got a short message. And... uh, This kind of message really is an administrative message and sort of the administration guy, so it falls on me to sort of bring this out. But it's talking about what is our church covenant. Could you put slide one on, please? And I want you to know this, where my heart is. Way back when, at the beginning of my walk with the Lord, I truly believed then, and I truly still believe, that we're all members of the body of Christ. And that God has a universal church out there and that he knows how to lead and how to minister and how to provide and how to do all those things. And that's, that's the truth of it. That's the, the, you know, the fact of it. But the reality of, of our situation and our generation and our churches today is that we have to have some structures. We have to have, you know certain things in place to be able to facilitate worshiping. We have to have a building. I mean, we could do it. Minus 30 outside in the winter might be a little bit rough. But God sets in place these things, and he also sets in place leadership in churches, whatnot, to help facilitate this stuff. And one of the things that uh, churches do is they come out with what's called a church covenant. And I want to read you a little short caption here as an introduction. It was, I was reading it by Matt Schmucker. He's an elder in his... I wonder if he's involved with Schmucker's jellies or jams or something. Anyways, he's an elder in his church, and he's a founding director of of a ministry that organizes Christian conferences. And he starts off by saying, Professional athletic teams usually write a moral clause into their players' contracts that will negate the financial package if the player falls into a display of modicum of, of morally upright... If he fails, I should say, to display a modicum of morally upright behavior. So a few years back, and I changed, I took out the names because it had the team's names and it had the team's players. I, I don't think that was necessary there. So a few years back, an individual, an individual was traded by a team because he was charged with spousal abuse. This individual's poor behavior off the court was reflecting poorly on this particular team, and this team was concerned enough about the public reputation of their organization that they appealed to the moral clause in this individual's contract and they disassociated themselves from him. In other words, they let him go because it was reflecting on them. Second example, back in the 80s, IBM had a detailed dress code to which they required all their salesmen to adhere to. And that was a dark suit, a white shirt, and a dark tie. Kind of sounds like men in black. But anyways, they wanted you to know when you were dealing with an IBM man. They wanted a certain image to be associated with their organization 
so that their corporate identity would have positive associations and uh, their corporate reputation would be excellent in the eyes of the public. And I want to bring a qualification here. The church, or at least it shouldn't, the church doesn't dump someone who may be going through issues. They may require that an individual to step down from a particular ministry until such time as things are restored, and that's a reasonable expectation. When I worked for BC Ferries, uh, I was in a position I had to represent workers sometimes, and I had once one gal, and uh, she was a cashier, and been a cashier for quite a few number of years, but she ran into a problem. She started doing cocaine. And, you know, initially you take a little bit, it gives you the high, you do all that stuff. I don't know, I never took it, but, but I hear lots of stories. Uh, one fellow who I saw who was an engineer walk away from him, he said, Ed, it's like Russian roulette. He says, like a revolver spinning, you just, you never know when it's going to go boom. He says, you can take some and you can get along and not be addicted to it, or boom, it catches you and you are sold out. And there's nothing that you can do, save for the grace of God and deliverance and healing, to break that unless you go through counseling. Anyways, long story short, this gal was a cashier, and uh, they come knocking on my cabin door saying, we got a problem, we need you to come and help out. What's the problem? Well, such and such, uh, the ship got in dock, home port. She left her cash tray open, stole money out of it, walked off the ship because she had to get some cocaine in her system. So you would think that they would automatically fire her but I appealed to them and said, you know, this sister has an addiction problem, and there's a responsibility on management's part here to do something about that. I appealed to them. I didn't insist. I appealed to them. And they agreed. And they took her through a program, and uh, she dealt with that. So what I say by that is if the world can recognize that, the church, how much more so the church? That's what the Word of God says, right? Now, there was another issue here, I talked about the code of the dressing. You know, some denominations require a specific dress code to associate with who they are. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way they dress so we know that they're from that particular denomination or whatever. And I remember a pastor once telling me, he says, you know what, Ed, when you come to church, and, and please don't interpret this that I'm saying, there's gonna, we're bringing in a dress code, right? But he said, you know, if your pastor asks you to come to, sure, uh, to the church with black pants, a purple tie, and a and a pink shirt, whatever, uh, would you do it? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know about the pink shirt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he said, really, think about it. If it doesn't stumble your conscience before God, think about it. I went, okay, whatever. I'm just saying here that sometimes there are these things that come into play, and sometimes we have our own thoughts about it. These, these two examples, they underscore the importance of who we say we are, who we identify with, and how that public message and identification relate to how we actually live. We say we are Christians. Are we Christ followers? We identify with Christ and His Word. And in other words, we have to practice what we preach. Amen? And if this is true of the corporate world and athletics, how much more is it true of the church corporately and us individually as Christians? Whether you accept it or not, there is an expectation both within the church body and in society in general of how we are supposed to live and conduct ourselves. People have preconceived notions or ideas in their mind. Well, you're a Christian. Wow. They expect you to be dressing a certain way, talking a certain way, doing things certain. That's just, that's just what that expectation is. 
And they may not be so understanding if there's behavior or something that's contrary to that and say, really? Is that who you identify with? Is that what you're preaching? Is that how a representation of the gospel or Jesus Christ? In James chapter 1, verse 26, it says, and don't worry about putting these up. I'm going to go quick. There's only, only a couple here. James warns us that, quote, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his, religious, his religion is worthless, unquote. In other words, if you profess to be a Christian, but you don't live a changed life, you should take no comfort in your faith. And in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 3, John says, quote, We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands, unquote. In short, how we live matters. And how we live together as members of a local church matters. So what is a covenant? Slide two. So a covenant is a promise or agreement between individuals, between individuals and a church. And a marriage covenant is an example. When you make a covenant with your spouse, you covenant to do certain things till death do you part in sickness and health and in prosperity and whatever. And there are things that you say there. And uh, hopefully when you say them, you mean them. Your heart is there. It's behind you. You love this person. And, you, you know, I understand that circumstances, some circumstances sometimes negate those things. But it's a covenant. Communion is a covenant with Christ, right? There's lots of covenants. There's Abrahamic covenant, Davidic covenant. There's uh, the Noahic covenant. There's lots of covenants. So it's a summary of how we agree to live. It gives some direction. While our statement of faith of this church, this church has a statement of faith because we're under the PAOC, while our statement of faith is a good summary of what we believe, our church covenant is a summary of how we agree to live and conduct ourselves, a summary of the general expectations of this local church, and a church covenant is a sign of commitment to his church and personal walk. It's an ethical statement which church members voluntarily See that word? Did I put it? Yeah, in red. Voluntarily. Nobody's going to twist your arm or anything. Make to God and to one another and their church regarding their basic moral and spiritual commitments and the practice of their faith and ministry. So we move on quickly to accountability. And accountability, if our motivation is such that we believe Jesus doesn't care about whether we live holy lives, just whether we say the right words or we pray the right prayer or we participate in the right church program, we're missing it. The church is called to live and act differently. Anybody know that? Anybody say amen? We're called to act and live differently. And we're supposed to be church followers. We're supposed to be reflecting God. We're supposed to be reflecting Christ's attitude and his behavior and whatnot. In agreement? Yeah, did I say church followers? Christ followers. Hallelujah for the body of Christ. That brings correction. I love it. First we had February, now we had this. So that's great. That's wonderful. I'm open. I'm not offended by that at all. If our, so <clears throat> the church is called to live and act differently. In agreeing to a church covenant, one is agreeing to be held accountable by a body of believers. Likewise, one is agreeing to hold a body of believers accountable. To hold accountable simply means, brackets, to take responsibility for a church covenant without this responsibility is meaningless. It's just a piece of paper you put your name to unless you actually take that responsibility. The purpose, please listen to this sentence. 
The purpose of such accountability is not to judge people. That's never been the church's role. I'm going to say that again. The purpose of such accountability is not to judge people. It's never been the church's role. The church's role has never been to judge people. How many can say amen to that? There may be situations that you can judge. You don't judge the person. Judge ye not, lest ye so be judged, is what I remember reading in the Scripture. But you can, you can judge scenarios or situations. And there's a difference between judging a person and a situation. So I say that again, last time. The purpose of such accountability is not to judge people. A church covenant is not to judge people. It's never been the church's role. It's to protect the corporate witness of the church and to restore the person to right relationship with God and warm fellowship within the church. That's what its purpose is. Example, I typed this up. I don't know if it's a great example. When I was typing it up, I was tired and having my coffee. It says, I put down, Billy is the lead in the church's counseling ministry. We don't really have a counseling ministry per se. Some churches do. Recently, he's been coming to church services a little late. He's somewhat unkempt when he does come, and recently there's a smell of alcohol coming from his breath. He's not that steady on his feet. What's up with Billy? What should the church leadership do? Anybody want to volunteer? Anybody want to volunteer? What should the church leadership do? Martha? (laughs) Amen. So we sit down with Billy. Billy, you know, kind of smell alcohol in your breath. Well, that'd be the mouthwash that I've been using lately. The mouthwash? Yeah. Why are you using mouthwash? Well, I've been thrown up. I've been sick. Oh. And uh, what about? I'm depressed. I've had depression come on me for the last few weeks. Circumstances, blah, blah, blah. I've been sick. I'm not sleeping properly. I've been throwing up. Getting to church late. I'm trying to do my best. Gargling with mouthwash. I've had these circumstances happen to me in my position dealing with people. That's why I use it as an example. You need to find out the facts. You don't judge and condemn. Find out what's going on and try to make it right. What if it is alcohol or cocaine? What's going on, brother, sister? What's happened that's changed in your life? What has the devil done to ingress in there and get a get a place into your life there in this area. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. But like that girl working for fairies, they don't let her go back to her cash because <laughs> that wasn't prudent to do that, right? You have to take some kind of action say, we're going to help you. But until such time, you know, we can't let you go back to the cash because we don't know what's going to happen until we see that you're rehabilitated or you're, you're, you're through that phase or whatever. The same thing with with ministry. Slide three. So some points you may see in church covenants. And when I talk about this, I want you to understand something. There's churches all over this country, all denominations, they have church covenants. And it's for a purpose. And it should be for a good purpose. They can be for a bad purpose. I'll tell you that right now. If you're not careful and you get a leadership in place that... uh, 
that uh, puts a, a covenant in place that is controlling, that is restrictive, that is vindictive, it can be a bad thing. But it can also be a very good thing. And usually, if it's a bad thing, it gets weeded out and sorted out pretty quick. God makes sure of that. So, attendance. Christians don't meet simply so they can be blessed. We meet so that we can glorify God as His church. As we learn about Scripture together, we praise God together, we pray together, and we serve together. His bride is made ready. That's what you were talking about, Sandy. Amen? Amen. Prayer. We pray together for His direction that we would grow, He would grow us up and strengthen us. We support through prayer, commitment to biblical teaching, finances, and other means that each individual member has an important role in supporting the church body. So some of the things you'll see in covenants. I can't go through a whole thing. It would take about three Sundays to do it here. Slide four. And I'm going to get you at it by noon. <clears throat> Maple Street Worship Center covenant agreement embraces our constitution and our bylaws. Our covenant agreement is nothing separate it embraces our constitutions and bylaws. So you need to know that. It gives some direction and framework about how we conduct the governance and affairs of the church. Basically a summary of that. And it brings a sense of order. Now, God isn't into denomination per se. That's man. Man made denominations. Right? We know that. But we have it. That's the reality of today. We have that in the world. We have these denominations. And... Uh, why we go to different denominations is because we choose where to go to fellowship in the context of church because we have weighed all the factors and decide that this is the best fit for us. So you're here today because you've decided this is the best fit. It may not be the perfect fit. There may be things about our theology, about the preaching, about the worship, about whatever, the building, whatever, that you don't really agree with but it's the best fit for you where you are right now. And for people over at the Alliance Church, it's the best fit for them where they are. And uh, somebody in another church, it's the best fit for them. They, they may decide to say, hey, God's showing me different things and I'm coming to come here because it's a better fit. There's some other things here now that, that God's showing me that I want and this is a good fit. So we make that decision, right? And uh, so we, we choose where we go based on that. Slide five, please. Is our constitution and bylaws perfect? Simple answer is no. Ooh, don't get that on the recording. I'll get to the district. I'll be in trouble. The simple answer is no. I even talked to Pastor Stephen about this. He agrees with me. We know this. Our constitution and bylaws isn't perfect. Why? Because you're dealing with man. You're dealing with flesh. But we do the best that we can we, we look at it scripturally, and we make the best decision we can, and we come up with that. How well we embrace it is dependent on each other's or each individual's interpretations, your likes and dislikes. I don't know if a lot of you know this, because I, I kind of think a lot of you don't know this, because I've had a lot of questions come to me, and, and there's no reason why you should know this, but, you know, we have a national constitution under the PAOC. We have a provincial constitution under the PAOC, and we have a local constitution under the PAOC. And somebody says, well, aren't we self-governing? Yes, we are, to a point. Because our local constitution 
The format of it is given to us by the provincial constitution, and there are things that are embedded there we don't get to change. We can add some things to supplement some things as long as it doesn't go contrary to what the provincial constitution or the national constitution is, and they may okay it, which the district has done in the past, and they rubber stamp it. Now, this constitution that they've arrived at didn't just fall out of the sky. These are men and women of God over how many decades in Canada that have sat down, prayed, discussed, looked at the scriptures. They've come out with what they could, which what they thought was the best thing for a constitution and bylaws. And they've put that on paper for us. And they said there are certain things that you can fill in here. And that's what we have done. So just so that you know that. It's what we have to work with, what we need to do so best we can within the confines of this denomination. Um, slide six. When the previous church that I was at was a non-denominational church, and we had a lot more autonomy, and uh, there were certain things we could do and, and not do and not have to worry about, uh, you know, breaching any constitution. And there was a lot of wonderful things there, but there was some dangerous things too. I want you to know that. So there's, you know, there's a bit of give and take in all these things. So I put up here guidelines. So, speed signs, example, you know, when people look at a constitution or a covenant, they say, whoa, it's rules. Who needs more rules, right? Well, the thing is, you can put others than yourself at risk if you don't have some guidelines in place. When I was in Germany with Cheryl, and we were going to this hotel, I made a little mistake. No, I made a big mistake. And... uh, what it was, the place I was looking at in German, I didn't realize there was two places with the... Oh, did you do it? Oh, I follow my sword. I don't care. My wife did it. She made, the wrong, uh, she made the wrong reservation. So I get off the plane. Well, what airport were we in? Berlin? No. Frankfurt? What airport did we land in? Frankfurt. We landed in Frankfurt. I get out. Got my suitcase all excited. Taxi! Beautiful Mercedes-Benz taxi pulls up. They drive a lot of Mercedes or even the taxi drivers. Yes, siree. Throw the baggage in the thing and tell them where I want to go. He says, oh, you want to go there? So that's quite a long way. How, how, how far is that? 300 kilometers or something. I can't remember what it was. And I went, what? And they just happened to have this big sporting event or something on in Frankfurt, and there wasn't a hotel to be had. And uh, I'll tell you, it cost me about $300 in cab fares, what, it, what the end of the story was. But we got in that cab. It was wonderful when we got there. I still love my wife. But we're in the car, and he gets on the Autobahn. And some of you heard the Autobahn is kind of like the freeway. And we're just, he starts to accelerate, you know. And Cheryl and I are sitting in the back seat. Cheryl's behind the driver. I'm next to her. So I can see over his shoulder. And, you know, we're starting to pick up speed, and we're zooming along. And now I start to get a little concerned because the signs are going, and I'm thinking, you know, if we have a fender bender at this speed, nobody's walking away. And I look over his shoulder, and the, the gauge is up to 160 kilometers and rising. So I, I did the manly thing. I said, could you please not go any faster? You're scaring my wife. <laughs> so he did. He kind of looked at me. And I want to tell you, at 160 kilometers... We were being passed. And I'm thinking, oi, oi, oi. 
I guess when they have an accident here, it's there's no court cases, I guess, or whatever, because I don't know. That speed, it's crazy, eh? So there are guys, and you know what? I noticed that there were speed limits on the Autobahn, but it's like they didn't care. When I was in Montana, the same thing. They've changed that. Before, there was no speed. It said something about uh, speed limit, whatever is prudent or whatever, some kind of statement. like that. It's changed now. They have a daytime and a nighttime speed limit. But that's... So the thing is, guidelines or rules sometimes are not just for yourself, but it's, help, it's to help protect the safety of others. Uh, when I was in the marine industry, I was on a fueling ship. I never worked on there. I happened to get a helicopter transfer there for a day or two. But the signs are all over the place. No smoking, no smoking. And one of our chief officers who was working in the uh, marine industry was working on coastal tankers. And uh, they have the no smoking signs. And if you're caught smoking in those areas with no smoking sign, zero tolerance. You're fired on the spot. That's just the way it is. Because it's not your life only. It's everybody else's, right? So we have to look at sometimes these rules or guidelines for everybody's benefit. Our church covenant is not just a set of guidelines, but it's also a comfort. A comfort to know that you will be cared for and prayed for. And maybe not perfectly, but to the best of our ability. Plan to Protect is an example. We have Plan to Protect Church, and it's for children's, youth ministries, vulnerable sectors, and it's there for a purpose. And we embrace it because we know it's for the safety of everybody. I don't have to tell you, you're old enough, you've seen enough uh, newspapers and, and uh, programs to see the abuse that has happened out there in, in the public sector. And guess what? It can happen in church. You know why? Because that's where that spirit's going to go. He's going to look for a vulnerable sector. And we are going to do everything we can to prevent that. And that's one of the areas we do. It's also good for our insurance because, you know, it reduces the liability risk and stuff. But more importantly, it's good for you that you can bring your family here, you can bring your mom and dad here, and know that it's a safe place, that you're going to be protected, that we've got things in place for your benefit. Amen? That's a good thing. So, I'm going to end this up here pretty quick here. And... Uh, I have asked Frank, uh, I gave him a bunch of envelopes with a covenant agreement, and primarily it's for church uh, ministries, people that are in oversight of particular ministries, whatnot. Uh, just let you know, pastors, council, and the office staff have all signed these things, and they're on file. And it just gives us something. But the history of our covenant agreement is such. Way back when, about a year ago almost, Pastor Dallas, along with the pastor council, recommended and they endorsed it. A draft was then drawn up. It wasn't implemented at that time as there were many other things on the plate then. As a matter of fact, I think Ryan was sitting down there with Dallas and myself and read and he said, yeah, there's a couple things here and he mentioned some stuff and rightfully so, you know. Now after Pastor Dallas left, discussed and prayed about it and it was amended slightly to soften some of the language and it was approved. It still wasn't implemented at that time as we were in the throes of transitional search for a new pastor, and so it was put on hold. It was finally reviewed once again by the current pastor's council and approved for implementation. And the last thing as well, when Pastor Stephen was here, it was reviewed by him, and he approved of it, and he commented on it, and he said it was very similar to the covenant agreement they have in effect 
in their church in Nova Scotia. So it's not any news to him. It's not a surprise to him. He says, actually, this looks almost identical. And so it's, it is what it is. It's a piece of paper with something that you said you'd agree to. If you don't agree to it, and how are you going to enforce that? Right? If something is grossly incorrect, something grossly goes on, we might ask that person to step down from that position for a while until we figure it out, just like Billy, right? Or the person might say, well, I'm not going to honor it. Well, we can't force them to honor it. It's a piece of paper with a signature and a date on it. But we have something we can refer to and says, you know, Ed, you made this commitment that uh, you wouldn't come to church drunk, smoking, and you're in a position of leadership. It's not a good example to the rest of the body. You need to kind of correct that. So you don't get to be the chief bottle washer anymore until you can get things right. That's all it says. And it's a safety for the church. It's a safety for the individual too. Because we have a responsibility as well. We all have a responsibility. Every one of us here. Part of our responsibility is praying for those people. I'm not going to ask anybody to show their hands or anything because my hand would be going up too. Sometimes we fail to be praying for people, for ministry. I try to remember to do that. I'm not always successful. And, uh, you know, I'm not false humility here or anything, but I'm just saying it's a fact of life. Sometimes we get caught up in things and we forget. I pray for this church. I pray for the leadership in this church. I pray for the ministries in this church. I pray for me. I pray for the incoming pastor. I pray for the outgoing pastor. I know most of you all do that too. But we need to be consistent with that. So we have a responsibility. Are we praying for music ministry? Are we praying for the ushers and greeters? Are we praying for the different other ministries? A lot of ministries going on. Are we praying for those ministries? We need to be doing that. We have a responsibility to support them. Hey, Ed, I noticed you looked kind of heavy today. I want to pray for you. Ryan. What do you mean, I lost 28 pounds? What are you talking about looking at me like that? Anyways, uh, you know, no, really. We have a responsibility as the body of Christ, let alone the rest of it. Carol said we're going into 2017, and it's going to be an exciting year, and she believes God is showing her that God is, that God is going to do mighty things, and I believe her. It just it witnesses with me. As soon as you started saying that, I could just, yes, amen, that's right. He has a plan. He is going to move. You better get your seats now because there's a time coming not too far down this next year. I don't know. We're going to have to put more chairs in here and stuff. We got it. Hallelujah. I trust God is going to be moving and doing what he wants to do. We have a moving and moving and shaking God. And he's not satisfied with, with just sustaining. He wants to excel. And he wants us to excel. Amen? Who in this church has received... A healing from God. A physical healing from God. Put your hand up. Look around. Look around at all the hands. Is he a God of healing? Amen. And God just doesn't heal physically. He heals in a lot of other ways as well. And I don't have time to talk about that today. But I hope you understand it wasn't the kind of message I like to bring. I wanted to bring something else I had on my heart, but it's necessary to do this sometimes. And so we'll get that place out of the way. And, and uh, when you fill those things in, it says, I think, return to the office by next Sunday or whatever. If you have any question on anything there, come and see. Oh, Lincoln's not here. Go and see Lincoln. <laughs> no.
Come and see any of us, Martha, Lincoln, myself, whatever. And you know what? This is not, this will sit down and, well, what's the issue, brother, sister? Okay, well, let's explain, explain the heart of it. Also, you'll find on there, if you want to refer to the bylaws in the Constitution, it has a copy there so you can read it too. And you should. You should know what's, what you're involved with. Because as we grow and as God solidifies the base and what he does here, there's, there's going to be you know, things happening. And, and so we have to have some of this paperwork in place. It's just the way it is. Is everybody okay? Did I finish boring you guys today? Hallelujah. I prayed in the prayer room this morning, for those that were there, that the gifts and the fruits, actually I prayed on the way to church here, would be manifest in our body. And I liked what Pastor Stephen said. He said, there's a balance. And I went, yes, there's a balance. You want to see healing and miracles? There's got to be kindness, selfishness, love. There's a balance. That's three. I'm all done. (laughs) What did I say? Selfishness? Well, that's okay. We should add that too because that's that's relevant. But you know what I'm saying? There's a balance, and I loved it. And I just want to let you know I was was sharing with Carol a little bit there or something. I said I had a conversation with uh, Pastor Stephen, and I was so encouraged. And what I was encouraged was, you know, after we dealt, dealt with all the mundane stuff, I started talking to him about last Reformation, new apostolic Reformation and stuff, and he was right there. He knew, and he, I was shocked. He knew names, he knew the issues. It was like, he is up to date. And I was encouraged by that. Because you see, he's hungry, and he's pressing in. And I know that that man of God that's going to be here, that hunger isn't going to diminish. He's coming here because of that hunger. And I believe that it's going to manifest itself. I'm seeing different things. Ministries that are going on. God is moving in different things. Watch what he's got. I got to close because I said I'd get you out of here by 12 and a minute or two. So can we just pray in closing? Father, I thank you for this people. Because they're your people. I thank you for my family, Lord. I thank you that I'm a part of this family that we're all in this together, and we're all moving forward. And Lord, I know that we have sometimes, uh, we have uh, uh, lows and highs, but Father, you're faithful. You never waver. You're always there. You're like a good father in a, in a family that you minister to all of your children equally. You love us all. You created us all. You gave us life, and your heart is for us. You gave us your son, that our righteousness is founded in you. And Lord, I'm excited for what you are going to do. You're doing things already. But Lord, I believe once this train starts rolling down the track and it starts picking up steam, oh God, we had uh, better have our running shoes on because you are moving. And when you move, Lord, things shake, things happen, things change to the glory of God. And Father, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of all that you have for us. We all want to be a part of that. So help us, Lord, to trust you And, Lord, we've said it so many times in this church in the last six, eight months that you have a plan. I see the plan unfolding with Pastor Stephen. I see the plan unfolding with Pastor Dallas. I see the plan unfolding for this church. And, Lord, I trust you. I love you. And we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.
So go with grace because His grace is abundant and new for you every day. And we'll look forward. Please pray about this this coming week. Want to hear these testimonies. Want to hear how God has brought you into His kingdom. I want to hear the healings. I want to hear that some guy bothered you at the uh, hotel desk to come and you came. Uh, You know, the good things that God's doing in your lives. Give Him the glory and Him the praise for Him alone. Amen? Save for the grace of God, where would we be? Hallelujah. God bless you all. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen? Amen. And uh, is it, is it, it's not Valentine's next Sunday, is it? It's when? Oh my gosh. See how good God is?